at Cross Point Fellowship in Greenville, Texas, if you can't tell by our accents. <laughs> Tracy and Emily, recording from the last office on the right at Cross Point Fellowship in Greenville. We're here to continue the conversations we're having with youth and young adults. We'll talk about anything and everything from matters of the church to how we're surviving quarantine. And we're going to keep talking, so it's up to you if you keep listening. <laughs> and as much as we love to hear ourselves talk, we want you to join the conversation. You can follow us on Instagram at the underscore UCAST or email us at the UCAST at gmail.com. So today we are going to change it up a bit and we're going to talk to Ben McGraw. Some of you may know him, but Ben, would you tell us who you are and what's your role in the church? I am um, Ben McGraw, parent, uh, husband, parent, pastor, uh, pastor at Crosspoint Fellowship, um, husband to Christy, father of Luke and now Becca and Evan and Daniel, and I've been here 17 years in Greenwood, Crosspoint Fellowship. And you're our first interviewee yes am i really yeah you wow. are the guinea yeah. pig you're the one so y'all just talk between this. each other between now we, we talk a lot between each other and over one of each well, other i'm, I'm kind of nervous it's yeah. like, i feel like i'm in the lair and we don't edit well either so yeah. there you go and the only thing this no. is kind of so you can edit so. whatever's here is here well about the editing thing the only thing about <laughs> podcasting we know how to do is talk, talk. Okay. So everything That's else okay. is uh, so, right. anyway, <laughs> so last in one of our last episodes, Emily said you've been a member here at Cross Point for eight years. Is that right, or ten years? Well, it was around eight or nine. My math was it was wonky. It was a little. Um, and we've been members here for I think four or five years. And so has Ben been your pastor the whole time? Yeah, the whole time. At least one of them. We've had multiple pastors, obviously, but yeah. Since day one. All right. He's obviously been the best pastor you've ever had. So. Well, obviously. <laughs> I mean, he's present. We're still here. He's in the room. Today, so <laughs> we'll get you a coffee mug. Yes. Well, why don't, uh, let's just go ahead and move forward and just like, um, you've told, you said your role at CF is that you're the pastor. Mm-hmm. Are you the, the only pastor? No, the I'm lead teaching pastor? pastor. There are other elders. We're an elder-led church, so... Yeah, I'm the, the uh, I guess, officially the teaching pastor, although there's some other uh, elders that teach and preach. How many elders do you have, do you serve with here? A uh, total of five right now. Can you um, briefly explain why? Like why we have why an elder-led church? Yeah, I think uh, throughout the New Testament, there's the encouragement to put pastors and elders in place in churches that you plant. And it sounds plural. And in every treatment, it looks really plural. And I think for us as a church, I think we've realized the value of having plural leadership over this one guy. You know, one person is not going to have the complement of gifts, not going to have the complement of experiences and uh, wisdom that a group of men will have together. So uh, that's that's at least our approach to leadership. We I started uh, or when we started Crosspoint years ago, it was a pastor led single pastor led model. And one of the first tasks was to identifying a point uh, elders to come alongside and work. So I guess the normal question that rolls out of that um, is, do the elders make all the decisions here? It's an elder-led church, but I would say that 
hopefully we are very much a listening elder-led church. I mm-hmm. think there's a difference. Um, functionally, I don't know if it's a difference on paper, but I think you can have a church that is very much, um, I mean, the term in the scriptures is ruling, which means leader, leadership. It's also the the kind of husband that's ruling his family and his his home well. So it's not that word in our context sounds a little abusive, but I think it means leading well. And I think a husband that, that leads his family and, and uh, wife well is listening to her. So hopefully mm-hmm. that's the kind of leadership model that we have is very much listening leadership. So. In, in the community where you're at, you have how many of the churches around here do you think, like how do we fare as far as like with elder led or versus maybe a congregational versus something else, you know? Man, I think we're unique. Uh, there, when we first came here 17 years ago, there were 98 Christian churches in our community, and that was on Chamber of Commerce website. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what the count would be now, but I think in terms of our leadership structure, I think we are unique. We may not be, I'm sure we're not the only one mm-hmm. uh, that is an elder-led church, but I think we are, um, we're, we're not, uh, we're not like everybody else, mm-hmm. which is an encouragement to us because we, we planted a church in a community that was saturated with churches. Right. So the question that we're asking early on is why are we doing this? Mm-hmm. I mean, the parent church that planted us is a mile and a half from us. Mm-hmm. So why in the world would we be here unless we're supposed to be different? So we don't want to be different for difference sake, mm-hmm. uh, but we want to be different because we want to have that unique fingerprint and presence that he wants Crosspoint to have in our community. Yeah. I think something <clears throat> with our young adults, especially, and probably youth, just because they kind of come in and out, maybe um, moving to the community, but a lot of our young adults bring in so many different church backgrounds. And so they come from single led or elder led, or maybe even something more liturgical like Catholic or Methodist. Um, how do you see their role in our context specific? Like in an elder led body, does that make sense? Yeah. You know, I've, I've kind of been thinking and anticipating uh, our podcast today and anticipating this time we all thinking about the role that young adults and youth have, at least for me as an elder and a pastor, teaching pastor. I, um, one of the things that, one of the most difficult things about preaching from week to week and pastoring is it is one of the most um, non-visual experiences in the world and non-tangible and hard to quantify. I enjoy washing dishes because I can see Dirty dishes in one side right, of the sink yeah. and clean dishes on the other side. Mm-hmm. And I can put them away. and mm-hmm. Measurable that, success. That measurable. <laughs> I, it's like painting a, a, a white fence black. Mm-hmm. You know, you can see what has been done and what Check needs it. to be done. And ministry, at least a teaching pastor role, is very much not like that. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that's really, really uh, enjoyable about young adults, especially, and I haven't experienced this so much from youth, but it's probably because I'm not listening enough. But from young adults especially is I can see what God's doing in their lives because they're talking about it. Oh, yeah. yeah. And yeah. that's that's cool. I mean, I enjoy yeah. that. Yeah. And you've got a couple of them yeah. in your house. Yeah. You know, but in the, and out. But even the ones that are, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the ones that come and go, they're, they're talking about what God's doing in their lives. They're talking about what God is showing them each week in the teaching and preaching of the word. Mm-hmm. They are eager. They have an appetite. Mm-hmm. And they're out loud. So... Mm-hmm. I don't get a lot of that from families. I don't get a lot of that feedback because they're just busy, you know, raising kids. And and it's kind of like driving a car without a speedometer or a compass or a gas gauge, except in regards to young adults. Right. Young adults are telling you what's going on in their lives. 
telling you how they're enjoying the Lord. And that is like nourishment. I want to walk by faith, yes. not by sight. Mm-hmm. But with young adults, I get a little chance to see it. Yes. It's such an encouragement. I think a lot of that has to do with brain development. And that's why it's so important, I think, to have them here. Because I think whenever they're at that age in their life where everything's kind of coming together, you know, you can have the same young adult that's very vocal with you about how much they, your sermons have impacted them or how much... You know, they're on really just passionate about the Lord and they want to do missions. It may be the same student that when they were a junior or senior at their home church, they didn't think their pastor was relatable. They didn't like his sermons. They were over his head. And then they come here and their brains are different. They've got their they're thinking about different things and growing up and they're hearing things. And it's like it's new for the first time. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I was thinking last night we had. Um, a graduating senior dinner last night to kind of celebrate those students that are moving on to college. And I, what I almost said was, you know, some of you who have been here your whole life and you've thought, gosh, sermons are boring or I don't understand his sermons. They're going to come back in a semester and they're going to hear you preach and they're going to be like, he's the best pastor <laughs> I've ever heard. You know, I, we see it I mean, time, over yeah, and yeah. over again because they're at this place where they're getting it for the first time. And so I think that's when all of that hard work that like parents of youth and children who keep their kids here and keep them coming, Mm -hmm. it's almost like learning the ABCs. Mm -hmm. They keep them in here and it's almost like their brain doesn't get it all. Mm -hmm. And then they hit this point of of young adults and their physical maturity where all of a sudden it just like it comes together and like this light comes on and they go, this is fabulous, you know? And so it it is very much about their life stage, I think, Mm -hmm. where they're at. And they're just kind of excited about everything Mm -hmm. too. You know, I love it. I love it. It's an encouragement. It fans the flame for me. Youth, not so much. Uh, Youth, and and I've raised two of them that are now out of that that, um, phase and one that's in it. And I see what seems to be in in youth, even God-fearing, Christ-adoring youth, is really just a desire to be, to be, um, to get, you know, to garner other, each other's attention, you know, sure. just like in that phase, you're like, <laughs> yes. hey, who can enter, be most entertaining oh, and yes. get the most attention. But I think what's going on there is it's almost like a seed that's under the soil. That's you know, exactly that hasn't, right. Hasn't exactly right. broken the surface yet, exactly but you know right. it's in there mm-hmm. and you just kind of be just hanging there and yeah. be patient. It'll, it'll come out. Eventually. It will. It will. Emily, yep. you have another question. I do. Well, <laughs> something that you, what you're saying is, their, their position and place in our church family is obviously valuable. How does that change, not change, but how does that help you orchestrate your approach to ministry as a whole? Maybe sermon prep or involvement, or does it? Uh, it does. I mean, first of all, just kind of going back to what I was saying, it's very encouraging yeah. to know that people are listening because mm-hmm. sometimes you just feel like, is there crickets, you know? Is, mm-hmm. it, is, is there really life going on out there? And they'll tell you because they're out loud about their lives. So. Yeah. I think it's 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 very encouraging. Um, it, like thinking back in the history of our church, when we haven't had a strong young adult presence, um, there were times actually, and I, I remember doing this, sending out an email to our congregation that I titled "Ping." Mm-hmm. It's like, are y'all listening? Mm-hmm. Is anybody out there? Mm-hmm. You, know, yeah. you kind of feel like that uh, that Beatles song where the guy that's preparing the sermon each week. Uh, would, and he's and nobody's listening. To him. <laughs> I mean, but that I yeah. would you like to yeah. sing it a little bit? Just to, I can't just remember the words. I, I mean, I'll remember it as soon right. as you wake up. You'll be singing it the rest of the yeah. day. Yeah. But it, it's very encouraging. Uh, I enjoy the feedback. I don't want to. I don't want to need it. 
But when I get it, it's like, okay, right. keep mm-hmm. at this because people are listening. And um, so I think it, it shapes my, uh, it shapes me in terms of encouragement, but it also guides me to know that there are people out there that are um, searching for meaning. And I think that's something that's true. Right so let me ask you this question. So our, we are in a rural community. We have about 26,000 people here. So pretty small. And um, how do you think, you know, I, I'll go visit um, college students in other places, like in larger communities, and they have like a college worship service on a Sunday morning. Like all college students are in there by themselves mm-hmm. and they worship, which that is the context of some places. OK, and I right. don't know what they're doing to connect those students to a greater body. But how does ours I mean, how 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 would you say ours looks different and how we want to see youth and young adults involved with the greater body? I see them integrated. I see them in, you know, ideally, and I think this, this happens in different degrees, but uh, integrated in part of a life group. Uh, They know the orphan and widow and everybody in between Mm -hmm. Uh, that they don't see themselves as a little church within a church. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that's something that's, that's true of our young adult ministry and youth ministry as well, as they don't see themselves as this little uh, cordoned off micro church. Mm -hmm. You know, they see themselves as part of the people of God. So then how, how do you, or how would you like to see them serving in the local body? Man, I feel like, like a mobilizable, I don't know if that's a word. Great word. Make it a mobile, a mobile army that you can just call, call out at a moment's notice. The episode mobile. Mobilizable. Yeah. Mobilizable. Yeah. The mobilizable they, they can be raised up at a moment's notice because they, I, I know our, our youth and young adults um, are busy. I know they have lots, lots going on in their lives, but they are at a unique stage in their lives with, where they have more um, flexibility, more opportunity to be spent in ways that people that are raising families and holding down jobs mm-hmm. and trying to pay mortgages and mm-hmm. stuff like that just don't have. They don't have a mobility that our young adults and our youth have. So I'd like to see, and, and we do see in our church, our young adults and youth serving in so many different ways mm-hmm. and from greeting to helping with the children, to um, just connecting to any time we have a church-wide event. You know, you see young adults, you mm-hmm. see youth there, mm-hmm. and I, I think that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, they seem to be drawn to the, the greater body, the community. They just mm-hmm. like that environment, mm-hmm. which is helpful for us as adults, reminding us to maintain community. Mm-hmm. So right. as far as quarantine goes, how would you encourage them to maintain that community and stay involved? kind of with the greater body and I mean, pretty practically for what's going on right now. Yeah. Quarantine is weird. I, man, I'm still trying to figure that out myself <laughs> just for me yeah. as a, yeah. a guy, you know, but much less for young adults. I think uh, just working at engaging one another and uh, making a point to pray for other folks because we can pray quarantine and pray is the work. I mean, mm-hmm. prayer is the work. It is, mm-hmm. And that we're in a prayer series on Sunday mornings that, is really profound. And I think if our young adults begin to cultivate a uh, prayer life now and are praying for the orphan and widow and everybody in between and mm-hmm. praying for our community and praying for their workmates and praying for their neighbors, uh, that's a, that's a work that can take place behind, you know, stay at home or uh, what, what, what was the term? It wasn't quarantine, but stay, stay in place, stay in oh, place, shelter, shelter, shelter in place, place yeah. orders. Yeah, yeah. And we don't have that kind of stuff anymore. I and mean, that those are, those are, are lifting, but I think those are the kind of things that, that our young adults uh, should begin to to uh, cultivate right now as mm-hmm. prayer life. Um, I, I think the um, 
I was thinking about something that we were talking about earlier with, with young adults. Maybe I'll come, maybe I'll think of it in a minute when we come back to it. Oh yeah. I was thinking about the, um, to not just during quarantine, but or not during uh, this whole pandemic stuff, but just in general, one of the things that, that we're, I think, learning as a church family is the, the character of our God and Father, mm-hmm. that He is a good Father, that He has, He's given really two commands in Genesis. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Genesis um, chapter two was, you know, take a, a, an, and eat, or don't eat from that one tree is the command we focus on. But He also right. gave a commandment to eat of the, all the trees of the garden. Mm-hmm. And the thought of, um, a good offense being, um, you know, better than a, any kind of defense yes. mm-hmm. is the notion for young people who are in a stage of life, our youth and young adults that are in a stage of life where they, I think they're exposed to more worldly influence, more, um, you know, life altering opportunities yes. than any of us. Mm-hmm. And of course we're all exposed to it, but just saturated in school and media mm-hmm. and things like that that a good offense is makes for a great defense mm-hmm. as they try and stave off the forbidden tree that they're busy about enjoying the garden full of mm-hmm. trees. So when you ask about how they might serve in a local church, I think that's enjoying the garden full of trees mm-hmm. is serving and using their gifting or discovering their gifting as they minister to one another, as they minister to the orphan and widow and everybody in between, as they reach out to their neighbors and their workmates, mm-hmm. that's enjoying the garden full of trees and that in many ways is going to keep them from making a lot of the mistakes that a lot of the rest of us made because mm-hmm. we were idle. Mm-hmm. We were idle. Yeah. Kingdom. What's that? Uh, what's that phrase? Idle hands or the idle hands workshop. are the devil's what? The devil's workshop. Oh, my grandma used to say did that. She? Opal. Yeah. She used to say that all the time. Opal. I'll tell you one of the things I think that you have done a good job at. Uh, well, several, but but one of the things is with. <laughs> You know, I, my personality is one that, you know, I, I'm very, I'm extroverted. Uh, but I think that people think that because I'm extroverted, that that means connection is easy for me mm-hmm. when I actually put a lot of thought into it. And I don't enjoy the mechanistic side of that. But one of the things that you have encouraged a lot is, um, you know, this multi-generational life group, mm-hmm. uh, which I tend to, to shrink back from at times mm-hmm. because of time or because of whatever Um, But I think that's been important. um, And I'm going to tell you why, because like last night you said one of the things to the to the seniors is um, that and you correct me if I say this wrong, but you said something like if you fail, don't fail alone. Mm -hmm. Is that how you said that? Basically saying if you see yourself going toward these sin patterns or having an issue that you find yourself in a place when you go to college that. Uh, you don't want to be, we are a text away, a phone call away. Mm-hmm. And then we, and then you, I mean, we both went on to encourage them to, to plant themselves in another body, mm-hmm. wherever they are, and, right. you know, if they're not going to be here. Right. So I think you've done a fabulous job at creating that, you know, connection. Mm-hmm. Um, and also reminding them of their life stage. You said a couple, probably a month ago, you and remind me of how you said this, but with, being single and where they're at as single uh, young adults, that um, this isn't just a waiting period for them. Is that Mm -hmm. how you said it? Like until Mm -hmm. they get married, Mm -hmm. basically kind of summing up what you just said, that they have all of this time that they don't even realize how much free time they have. Right. (laughs) I wanted to say that earlier, but I didn't want to sound like, like I've got it all figured out. When you're in that life stage, you really feel like you're busy. So busy. Until later and you realize I had more time than I realized. So our, my hope would be that our young adults and our youth see now. Yes. You actually have more time than you realize. Yeah. Yes. Use it 
be busy about enjoying the garden full of trees yes. and see what God does with that yeah. in your later life. And that I, that kind of goes back to things we've talked about, especially in young adults, and I think you have in youth also, of just creating good disciplines, not creating them, but implementing them into their lives, other than like... Um, Oh, shoot, I just lost my word that I was going to say. Oh, prayer, because you talked about prayer earlier. What's another discipline that you would say? I mean, they're all important. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But say, like, maybe in this staying at home more time period, what would be something else that would be you would encourage them to just implement in their daily schedule and creating these rhythms so that when life gets back to 100% busy, they still can cling to that. Yeah, I don't think um, we'll ever outgrow. Hopefully, we'll never outgrow. Um, All right believe the lie that we've outgrown just daily Bible reading. I mean, I, yes. yeah. the, the machine Bible reading guide has been my uh, kind of guide for years. Mm-hmm. And it's something I still am nourished on. And something different happens when you sit down and you just read a chapter of God's word without any other plans, without any other, and you're not going to teach it. You're not going to tell anybody about it necessarily. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, you're not doing it for a purpose like a consumer. Right. You're right. just sitting there as a worshiper. Mm-hmm. Saying, okay, I don't know why I'm reading this chapter in Leviticus, but I know God is God and this is living. And I'm going to submit my life to this, whatever God's going to do in this moment. I read a a comment, a quote, and I can't remember. It was a Greek, one of the Greek guys said something about, you never put the same foot into the same stream twice. And it's the thought Hmm. that the stream is moving and you're moving. That's right. Yeah, wow. You're always dynamic and that book is dynamic too mm-hmm. you can go back and read the same chapter in leviticus the next day and you've moved downstream mm-hmm. and the book is living mm-hmm. so all the more reason for us to continue to go back and read the same right. books the same pages the same chapters the same words over and over and over again because we for the very least mm-hmm. we're moving right but we know that that book is living as well yeah so something really miraculous is happening to us in that time mm-hmm. so um an encouragement to, I, I have it on my phone, the machine thing, and it's satisfying to click that little button. Yeah. You know, okay. Not like, okay, I'm more righteous. I've, I've, I've earned some righteousness here. I click that button. But just satisfying in the sense that I sat at his feet for a moment. Mm-hmm. I know he did. He's going to do something. Mm-hmm. It's not wasted. Yeah. It's not going to return void. Do you have any other, and I didn't prep you for this question, so you may not have something, but any other resources, like books that you find are good hmm. or study plans or... You know, you kind of have to find your person. You have to find your people. And, you know, and that changes too. You know, for some, in I think in one stage of my life, it was Puritans. In another stage, it's, you know, devotional stuff that is lighter. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it depends on the person, depends on the season. Yeah. Um, and I would encourage youth and young adults to ask someone, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah. come ask you, Tracy, me, and, you know, somebody in their church that's, been a believer because how long have you been a believer in Christ? Since I was six years old, so that would be about forty-seven years. Okay, so from a forty-seven-year-old who's mm-hmm. saying it's changing you every single day, yeah. you know, that's a safe space mm-hmm. to go. Hey, I don't, I don't know much about the Bible. Where do I start? Yeah. Or I know a lot about the Bible. I want to continue to be challenged. What would be a good study? You know, I, just I ask a, questions. There's a little bit of a consumer in all of us. That's okay. I mean, we, mm-hmm. we want to avoid being characterized by being consumers when it comes to coming to God. Mm-hmm. We want to be worshipers first. I think expository preaching is a great example of what that is. You're coming to mm-hmm. him saying, you tell me what I need to be mm-hmm. considering. Uh, daily Bible reading is very much saying, you show me what I need to read. Mm-hmm. But there's nothing wrong with, too, coming to your, like a child coming to his parents saying, 
hey, I have this problem at school. Right. Mm-hmm. Can you help me with this particular problem? Right. So that's a great place for young people to start. If they're dealing with some concern or issue, mm-hmm. probably not just Google Google it. Right. Because the Lord knows what you come mm-hmm. up with. But actually maybe go to some people that you trust and say, Here, here's what I'm working on. Mm-hmm. Can you guide me to some hearty, mm-hmm. healthy, you know, scripturally sound mm-hmm. uh, reading mm-hmm. that I can you know, climb into and be equipped by and helped by. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Getting and maybe even it. offering to work to it with them. You know, yeah. that's kind of cool discipleship thought. And and that's one of the things I think has been cool too is trying to, you know, like a lot of times a youth is you know, that twelve to eighteen age mm-hmm. may not go and approach someone and say, Hey, can mm-hmm. you you know, they may not know how to do that. Right. Can you show me how to walk through the Bible and how to, and I think that's our role here yeah. at the church is mm-hmm. to begin to, to show them and model that for them in every day. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's been a cool thing too, with the young adults, having the young adults um, lead some of those grow groups where those students are showing up. And mm-hmm. um, what would you say, um, again, kind of putting you on the spot here, but to, uh, <laughs> He's like none of this. None of these were. Remember are, when we think, said you're a guinea pig? Yeah, none of this was in the. It was in my notes. Um, let's let's try to sum up here and say if you could if you could say something to you know that middle school bin, high school bin that you would have that you hope the students hear here. You know uh, what would you something to middle school and high school bin, and then something to young adult bin. What what do you want these students, these youth, to hear by the time they come through this ministry? You're you know you're part of their story mm-hmm. from here the rest of their life. You're their pastor. Mm-hmm. My pastor growing up. That's their that's what they're gonna say. That's you know right. I still talk about my pastor growing up and yep. the impact he had, major impact he had on my life just by being there. You know mm-hmm. what do you what would you say to them and what do you hope they get by the time they come through here? What would you wish someone would have said to you about church? Not, maybe it wouldn't have made a difference because mm-hmm. of where you were and mm-hmm. all of that. But I think middle school and high school, Ben, I probably would have. Now, I don't even think for a minute I would have heard it. Right. Because I, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I don't know you were a knucklehead. Yeah, just knucklehead. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I was going to church every week, but it just wasn't. I'm not sure what would have gotten through to me. But as I have, you know, faces of... Uh, I knew oh, it. good. I knew Dude, it. We were talking about talking pastors, and I was like, I'm going to cry on the pod, okay. but I'm not the first one. Seriously. I'm already crying okay. before you walked in. Right. So, this is how we love Ben. Yeah. I'm thinking about you know, middle, middle schoolers <laughs> and high schoolers that I would want to get through to. It would be the encouragement. This isn't a dress rehearsal. Yes. You're in so it. Good. You're in the play right now. So and good. it's not even a play. It's a real life thing. Yes. So don't think for a minute that you're preparing for faith, right. you're in the in the throes of it, it right now, and it's you're on the field. Right, this isn't a practice. This is a game. It's yeah. a real life yes. game. So that'd be the encouragement for middle and high uh, high schoolers. But for young adult, um, man, just the uh, search for meaning. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that. Yeah, I love that. Don't mm-hmm. stop. I mean, don't yeah. lose that because yeah. it's there. I yes. mean, it's there, and that'd be a I mean, the cool thing is, I see that in our young adults, and I already said that earlier. I see that in our young adults, and that's, I would say, maybe affirming. Mm-hmm. Don't grow callous. Mm-hmm. Don't grow cold to that notion. Mm-hmm. Let that be about your whole life, because you'll find it right square in the personal work of Christ. So mm-hmm. that'd be mine. That's great. Yeah. 
All right, it's been good, we Emily. Made, we made you cry, yeah. man. Okay. I know. I know. I'm like, I wasn't the first one. <laughs> <laughs> like we were, we almost started crying before the podcast. Hundred percent. This is not a good way to start. This is not a good way to start. So, okay. Is there anything else that we didn't hit that you want to talk about? No, no. I love what y'all are doing. I think what y'all are doing this is pretty cool. I do love that you love our young adults and youth as much as we do. Because we said on yeah. the first episode, I'm like, they're just so cool. Yeah, they are. Man. And one Easy of the love. things... Like, I was not this cool when I was there. Well, age. one of the things that I think is really... Um, that we did not say in this, and we had it in, this, in the notes, but we didn't bring it up, is that you actually let the youth ministry, as the pastor, mm-hmm. when we had no one, mm-hmm. you, were, you were doing double time mm-hmm. here, and you were working yeah. as a as a youth pastor during mm-hmm. that time as well, yeah. showing up mm-hmm. and teaching them and not teaching them something you just threw together, but oh, actually man. teaching mm-hmm. them. And we'll continue yeah. that because yeah. even now that I'm serving in that position, when we get back full time, you'll be taking them through uh, gospel fluency yes. for four weeks. Yep. So yep. that right. says something. I mean, it's not just, you know. Well, and it makes you relatable to them and yeah. they love that. Yeah. You know, just because a lot of times, especially when young adults are coming, you know, our college kids are coming from other towns. Mm -hmm. They're coming in with their own story of a pastor. Uh, Sometimes, sometimes they are relatable and lovely. Other times they're on a pedestal, unapproachable, you know? And so to see you just mingling in and Mm -hmm. out is really, it's really good for them. And I can say that as someone who grew up in the church, it was good to see pastors. I needed to teach them. They intimidated me before I spent some time teaching them. So, you know, just, I don't know why I, I connected back to my high school years that weren't great mm-hmm. and projected on them. Exactly. <laughs> you know, that's what they say is that like every pastor should have to teach junior high kids for oh, yeah. a couple of months because yeah. then they roll, they figure out how to explain these difficult yeah. topics and ways. Yeah, there's that. Ben, thanks so much for joining us. Tracy, do you have anything else? No, just, you know, Ben's our favorite pastor. Pastor of the pod. Thanks for listening and let us know what you want to hear or who you want to hear from if you don't want to keep hearing us talk. Uh, you can find us at Instagram at the underscore UCAST or email us at the UCAST at gmail.com. We'll see you next week. Till next week.